0: This podcast is a part of the Newhoff Media Podcast Network.
1: Good morning and welcome to the Monday morning edition of Community Connection. I am very happy to have with us today folks from Crosspoint Point. Human Services, and we are going to focus on October being Domestic Violence Awareness Month, and we are, uh, again, something that we all need to make sure we're paying attention to. Two very important things happen on October, so we have domestic violence awareness, and we have breast breast cancer awareness, so we want to make sure that we're paying attention to those and just really get some good information out, so today we're starting with domestic violence. We have Cher Pollock, and we have Deb Bruner, and again, they are with Crosspoint Human Services. So welcome to the show, ladies. Thank you. Um, Cher, remind us of your position, and then we'll talk with Deb about her position. Well,
0: we are, both of us are at um, the Hazel Street location, fondly called Crosspoint at the Y, because of a nod to the history of this building being an old YWCA. And it's my privilege to be the director of this building, or I say, wrangle all the people and programs that are at this location.
1: Remind me which programs are running now.
0: We have our domestic violence program, of course, our transitional shelter program for the homeless. We have our partner abuse intervention program and our permanent housing program, which aims to place homeless people into housing quickly. And we have our early learning
1: center. Okay, so still keeping busy, still making sure the building is being used. Still keeping busy because
0: in all those programs are a variety of services that happen.
1: So yes, keeping very busy. Definitely. So Deb, tell me about you.
2: Well, my position here at Crosspoint at the Y is that I am the Community Outreach and Prevention Coordinator. And so my goal is to get out there in the community and let people know all the different services we have here.
1: Um, Well, uh, Deb, you may not know this. Cher knows kind of the history. So my mother, Sheila Hughes, worked at the domestic violence shelter for more than 30 years. So, uh, you know, I, I kind of... Even though I didn't have that firsthand look, I, I had the secondhand look, and you know, I would often hear the different stories. Of course, she wouldn't say anything about names, but you know, she had two girls, and she wanted to make sure we were aware of rights and um, different things. And and then we also knew people that were that had been in the shelter. And one of the things that was really very surprising to me, and I'm still shocked to this day, she was there long enough to see. The grandmother, the mother, and the daughter. So, so we, you know, typically with many types of abuse, it's repeated behavior for whatever reason. Our mind will go to a place where they find normal, even though it's not. And so I was just so surprised to hear the, that type of, you know, it, you would see, you would think seeing it, you would be, I will never put up with that. But that's not true.
0: No, it is very generational. We learn about relationships from watching the relationships in our environments. So very often, yes, we see mothers and daughters come here for services. The other great thing that we see, however, is sometimes a person walks in the door who was a child who got services here and are stopping back to tell us how much they remembered feeling safe and feeling special here. And uh, that's very rewarding.
1: Oh, I was just going to say, doesn't that make your your year when that happens?
0: Yes, absolutely. Because working in this field or any area of social services, you don't often or always get to see the results of your work. People take what you give them and go off into their life and you don't always get to see the impact that you've had on them.
1: So yay for the people that are able to break the cycle and and realize that that's not how life should be, that that's not something they have to live with.
0: Absolutely. Not something they deserve.
1: Not at all. Well, let's take our first break and then we'll come back and we'll jump into domestic violence awareness activities for the month and just the content. (laughs) Welcome back to Community Connection. Today we have Cher Pollock and Deb Bruner from Crosspoint at the Y. And we are focusing on October um, being Domestic Violence Awareness Month. And, of course, Crosspoint runs the program that was formerly the YWCA, but it's Crosspoint at the Y. So, again, um, as Cher said, nodding to the history of the Y. So, Deb, tell me, tell me what happens. What are some stats that go along with domestic violence?
2: Oh, my goodness. Um, unfortunately, I don't have all the numbers in front of me, but um, every year there's millions of children, over 5 million in the United States alone, that have witnessed domestic violence. I think one of the things that happens is that it's not reported because of the shame. Uh, There's still the stigma in society. So we do have statistics, but they're not necessarily accurate because of that. Uh, One out of four women is typically in a, has had intimate partner violence. And is it, share one in seven? One one in seven for men.
0: And we forget that, that men are also victims of domestic violence. It isn't just women. So one in seven men will experience inti- intimate partner violence in one of their relationships and there's a lot of stigma there um to come forward and ask for help
1: there is because you know typically when you think of most situations you think of the man being the stronger individual who who wouldn't you know could obviously protect themselves but you know maybe they don't or maybe they can't why 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 do why does that happen
0: well part of part of what we have to remember is intimate partner violence or abuse is a pattern. It's a pattern of behaviors. It's not just the acting out piece. It's a pattern of behaviors that are used to exert power and control over another person in the relationship through fear and intimidation. And so really that's, that can be any either gender that use those tactics. What we see most are females, admittedly, but we always want to remind everyone that it does happen to men.
1: Well, again, you know, just talking about the stigma associated with it, and you know the stats aren't correct, because as much as females aren't reporting, men are probably even more so.
2: Yeah, Mm -hmm. I was uh, fortunate to meet a gentleman um, that I grew up with, and he Uh, and I got together and he was actually a person who reported it. And he actually took action to break the cycle for himself and his family. So it was beautiful to hear a man stand up for his rights to say, I can break this cycle just like a woman can break a cycle. Mm -hmm.
1: So typically, how is it reported?
2: Uh,
0: We have a hotline, a 24-hour, seven days a week hotline. We get a lot of calls on our hotline, about 3,000 calls a year. And so a lot of reporting will come that way. We also will hear from the police or the police will bring um, survivors here for services. People will walk in the front door. They'll be referred by other agencies. Um, So, those are the typical ways that someone will come to us seeking services. Um, The legal advocates that go to the courthouse to help with orders of protection will oftentimes approach someone who is there alone getting an order of protection and offer our services. Um, So lots of different ways that people can come to us.
1: Mm -hmm. So what is an order of protection?
0: An order of protection is a legal order that orders the abusive party to stay away from the victim to it may order them out of the home so that the victim and the children can be there safely. Um, And uh, it may set up other protections for the for the children or for the workplace, those kinds of things. They do have to be enforced um, by calling the police, but they give the police a really strong tool for keeping victims safe.
1: And you mentioned the court advocate, what is that? Uh, We have four legal advocates who
0: help people walk through that process of getting an order of protection. The order of protection forms, I think, are six or seven or eight or ten pages long, so they're complicated. There are certain ways that are more beneficial to fill them out, and then you must go to court. And we all know court can be confusing. It can be scary. Um, it can also be a place where the abuser can uh, corner the victim to try to convince them to come back home, or to not go through with the order of protection. So the legal advocates are there to walk them through that process. If that moves into some kind of family court matter, or some other issue, they will still go to court with them to to do to provide that support and feeling of safety.
1: Well, as you're saying, you know, just any time I walk into the courthouse, I automatically get nervous, whether you know, no matter what I'm there for to you know, you. I walk in and I get nervous, you know, let alone being in a violence situation where your abuser may or may not be there. I can only imagine the panicky feeling one must get. Mm-hmm. So having a legal advocate there to walk along beside them has to be so comforting.
0: Very, very comforting.
1: Well, shout out to the legal advocates. We appreciate them. We appreciate what they do. Um, I, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't think that I knew that there were four of them. So that's great. I mean, that's a good number, you know, especially based on the number of cases that you're, you're probably dealing with in any given month.
0: We do about a hundred orders of protection a year. Um, but then, of course, some of those hundred move on to other issues that the legal advocates also follow in court. So, yeah, they're kept pretty busy.
1: Mm-hmm. So, Domestic Violence Awareness Month, any activities that you have planned?
0: Well, absolutely. The first activity that we're asking everybody to participate in, and you're, I can see you're wearing purple, um, is on October 2nd, which is the first day of the week of October. We're asking everybody to wear purple on that day um, to help us kick off the month because... Uh, Purple is the uh, ribbon color for domestic violence awareness. And take a picture of yourself and post it on your Facebook and tag Crosspoint or send it to us. So our goal is always to paint the county purple on that day in an effort to bring awareness. You know, domestic violence used to be such a secret. Nobody talked about it. There was a lot of shame attached to it and it's through activities like this that we bring it into the light and that we can do the most good that's the first thing we're doing i'll
2: let deb talk about the other things okay so we have a week of action and that is going to go from the 9th through the 13th and each day there's a specific activity so on the 9th we're going to do monday's matter which is learning about the do's and don'ts about reporting violence, domestic violence. And we're actually meeting at Hawthorne, and we're going to be making some purple windmills because oftentimes seniors may be overlooked as far as being in a domestic violence situation. And then on Tuesday, we are doing Table Talk Tuesday, and this is where we dive in to talk about abuse of men. And we also talk about the different stereotypes that they face throughout Uh, on the 11th we're going to do wisdom wednesday and again this will be on facebook and we're going to be talking about moving past the trauma the lessons learned what lessons did the survivors learn and they can share their tips with people on facebook then on the 12th we have t-shirt thursday which is a recognition of the clothesline project. And we're going to bear witness to violence against women by decorating a T-shirt and remembering those. On the 13th, we wrap up and it's called Forever in Our Hearts. And this is going to be at Ellsworth Park. In the event that it rains, we will hold the event here at the Y. But this is where we say their names because it's about the people that we love and those that we have lost do domestic violence so and that will be from two to four. Okay
1: very good well let's take our next break and then we'll come back and continue the conversation. Welcome back to the final segment of Community Connection this morning. We have Deb Brunner and Cher Pollock with Crosspoint at the Y, and we are focusing on October's a Week of Action, Domestic Violence Awareness. And Deb just gave us the information um, of what's going to be happening starting October 9th. Of course, today we want everyone to wear purple. So even if you're, you know, you're already dressed and you're out in the workforce, you know, go grab some purple ribbon and put a purple ribbon on. Or if, you, if you're if you getting ready for work and you already have your clothes ironed, stop a second and think, hmm, I probably have a purple shirt in the closet. Go get the purple shirt, wear that. And if somebody asks, you know, notices a lot of purple, then we have an opportunity to explain to them that purple is uh, the color that's representing um, domestic violence awareness. And certainly something that we want people to understand obviously still happens, um, you know unfortunately there's a need for your services love you ladies but you know this is something we just wish would go away and it hasn't again you know my mom was there 30 years and people were there before her this domestic violence um prevention and services have been in this community for a very, very, very long time. And so I'm very happy to see it continuing. And Cher, I wanted to ask you something about the funding that goes with that. Some of the other social service agencies I've talked to, they had funding cut. What does your funding look like?
0: Uh, We get Victims of Crime Act funding, uh, otherwise known as BOCA, and that was cut this year. Um, So that's the same thing people are experiencing. At the same time, we got an increase from our domestic violence prevention and intervention grant. Um, So that helped us make that up a little bit. We also get um, other Department of Human Services grant, one for our partner abuse intervention program. And that was actually increased this year. We were really happy to see that. Um, and also something called the Emergency Solutions Grant, which is helps support our transitional shelter and also gives us some rapid rehousing money so we can help people into housing. Those that's kind of our funding in a nutshell, but yes, and there's work going on to restore that VOCA, those VOCA dollars, um, but I think it will probably take a couple years. So we see that increase again. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, that's too bad. Obviously, again, we know that the needs not lessen, So that's something that we we do not like to see. But, um, you know, congratulations for you guys being good stewards of the money that you're able to continue the services and stretch those dollars. You know, we all we all know you, you just stretch them and make it work
0: we do and it, and of course we have great community support we couldn't do what we do without all the donations all the help all the drives that happen from the churches and the civic organizations um you know we we just really get great support and that helps us do our work because not everything can be covered by grants mm-hmm. So, share. Give me an example. An example. Things that really get used up here are things like sheets, pillows, comforters, uh, silverware and dishes, uh, personal hygiene items like shampoo and deodorant um, and body wash. And we and again we have to remember that. 16 year old boys don't like to use pink deodorant so we always ask for men's personal hygiene items too for them to think of them and then of course kids and babies so those are all the things that we use a lot of and are not necessarily things that we can buy with grant money
1: okay so so i'm hearing as we are listening, everyone, this is a great opportunity to get your friend group together, to have a drive, or your church, as Deb was saying, or your workplace. And, you know, as we are moving into the holiday season, I remember my mom talking about how, you know, she would say, oh, it's going to be a week. And I I would ask why. And she would say, because of the holidays. Yeah.
0: The holidays are hard. Um, you know, we think of them as happy, but they all they do not represent happiness for everybody. So that's difficult because it can be a chaotic time. Um, We do have companies and organizations who sponsor families for Christmas who live here, and that's a beautiful thing. A lot of work for the staff, but worth it to be able to, you know, offer gifts and fill those stockings at Christmas time. It's hard to live in a shelter during the holidays. We do our best to make it cozy, to have special meals, those kinds of things. But it's it's hard, it's still hard to be homeless or be fleeing domestic violence during a time a family time of
2: happiness.
1: Mm-hmm. So talk about the families living there. I mean, what does that look like? How how long are they there and how do they transition out? Well, we kind of have a unique
0: um opportunity here. And that is we have our domestic violence shelter where people stay for a shorter length of time, usually 45 to 90 days. Well, it's really hard to get your life together or decide what you want to do in that period of time. And so people then have an opportunity to move into our transitional shelter program where they can stay for a longer period of time. And, of course, during all of, both of those stays, they're receiving our comprehensive services. They have a case manager who's working with them, helping them set goals. And then, of course, we do groups and we do counseling and education and um, counseling and groups for the children and uh,
1: activities to keep everybody busy. Okay, good good information. So, Deb, if somebody's listening today... And I think it's very important to remember that violence crosses all norms. So you know, people with money, people without money, black, white, Hispanic, uh, Latino, uh, mm-hmm. everything. There, there's no, there's no line. So if somebody's listening today, Deb, what would you say if somebody's in that situation?
2: I would say. We are here to help you. We have some resources here and we will listen. I think that's one of the things that goes undone is people don't listen to the person that's going through abuse or they don't have somebody to talk to. So we do have our DV hotline, which is 888-549-1800. And we also have a and that's 24 seven that will be answered. We also have a crisis hotline and that is 442-3200. And it's so important because we want people to know they don't have to be alone. They don't have to come here with shame. We will hear you, we will see you, we will validate you. Love it. Cher, um, any last thoughts?
0: Um, I guess just know that we're here 24 hours a day, seven days a week, um, every, you know, 365 days a year, we're here for you. Um, call, walk in the front door. Um, and as Deb said, we're here to listen and support and offer what services and what resources we can.
1: Mm-hmm. And Deb, as the, the educator or the community outreach person, um, if somebody's listening today, I
2: I'm pretty sure you would be willing to come and do presentations. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Anyone, especially during October, we want to go out into the community. So if you're at a church and you would like somebody to come and talk about domestic violence, we have the people here that can go out to the facility and do that, Uh, schools, uh, everything. So, yes, of course. Um, I did also want to mention when we kick off uh, Domestic Violence Awareness Month on the 2nd, We are also partnering with DAC. So when Cher is mentioning about the community and the support, it is phenomenal. They are going to be tying purple ribbons around a few of the trees out there, and they're going to attach some facts and some myths about domestic violence. So I am so, so much in awe of the support that does come through all the other organizations in town. Very good. Well, ladies,
1: thank you so much for being with us today. We are actually out of time, but audience, please remember, October is Domestic Violence Awareness Month, and they have a week of activities starting October the 9th, and you can get more information. Um, Deb, you said on Facebook?
2: Correct. Uh, Crosspoint Human Services. And when you take a picture on the second, and you want to take us, we can, you can say, hashtag Crosspoint Cares.
1: Okay, very good. Love it. Okay, ladies, thank you for being with us today. Audience, we'll be back tomorrow with some more information. And uh, until then, have a good rest of the day. Thank you. All- thank you. All recording
0: stopped.
2: You've been listening to the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. For more, visit newhoffmedia.com.